Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast. If you want to watch full episodes, you can do so exclusively at club.themotoacademy.com. This is an app that offers the highest level of motocross training. You guys can send in your riding footage to be analyzed. We have hundreds of hours of tutorial videos, full episodes of this podcast available to view, and so much more. Check that out at club.themotoacademy.com. Hey, welcome back, Moto Academy Podcast, number one podcast in motocross. Made up. By far. And made it's up. not made up. We're back for another hot and heavy episode featuring Alley Cat and Doug, even though you can't see him. Doug is in here for moral support, as he probably always will be. Uh, Alley Cat fired on all syllables last episode, so we're, we're bringing her back. And holy cow, we got a lot of questions. So thank you guys. If you want to submit your questions, go to club.themotoacademy.com, subscribe to the Moto Academy app, and app members are able to send in and submit their video questions to be answered on the podcast. Send them into podcast questions account. We got a new account inside of the Moto Academy app. You'll be able to find it. Type in a new direct message. It'll pop up, hopefully. And we got a bunch of really good questions. And it makes me happy because the app members are the best. So Moto Academy is number one. We're the number one uh, podcast in motocross. We're the number one motocross app. That is actually That's true. That's probably true. That's yeah. definitely true. Uh, we're the number one <laughs> biggest motocross family. All right, true. I'll give you that. True. And uh, yeah, we have the best <laughs> usernames. In, shout out Dixon Balls. Shout out Dixon Balls. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dixon Balls, he was at the track again yesterday. Did he make you those big sausages? Well, he said he wasn't going to bring the meats this time, and he, he did. He did say that. He just and, he wanted to surprise you with meat. Yeah. And he brought us some professionally seasoned burgers. And also, I forgot my gas can, so uh, he gave me fuel. Did he give you race fuel? No, just pump fuel, which is all I needed. I'm segueing. <laughs> oh. oh, he said Dixon Ball sent in, and Mrs. Dixon Ball sent in two good questions. Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Dixon, Dixon Balls. Dixon Balls, might, his question might have been the best. But yeah, it's awesome. Oh, that's just from opening the door. It's awesome having Dixon Balls and other Moto Academy members show up to the track just during the week. He took the day off from school, I think, or got out of school early. Mr. Dixon Balls did? Yeah, because... He's in school? Well, Junior Dixon Balls. Ah. And... It's a whole family. They told me that going to the track with Moto Academy was more important than school. Can't argue that. So school's good, but you need some socializing. You need some Moto Academy. You, you need, need some, some dirt fun. bikes, and you need some fun. Uh, we are going to answer a bunch of questions. Um, what else? Oh, make sure this was only supposed to be in YouTube videos. But you know what we do here at the Moto Academy. We go above and beyond for our sponsors. I'm sponsored. We're sponsored. Alley Cat sponsored by Element. I'm the one that secured now, it. Thank you. She got me drinking this stuff a couple of years ago, and it's absolutely amazing. It's an electrolyte drink, a healthy electrolyte drink. Not like the other ones that you get at a 7-Eleven. No sugars, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors. It's everything you need and nothing that you don't wow oh you know what i better be i better be doing that's one these of the ads. keywords in the, de the deliverable was it really i didn't even read it i swear i'm bare that's one of the keywords everything uh, you need and nothing you don't yeah folks. that's what they wanted you to say 
drinklmnt.com slash AJCat330, and you can try all eight fr- flavors for free. What's your favorite? I have two. I like a lot of them. I even didn't think I liked the the orange one, but I had the orange one at the oh, track all day yesterday. Oh, I and I like Pretty the orange good. one. Yeah, I will say, I, th- I feel like all of them taste like some sort of drink like that I had frequently from my childhood. I don't know if you feel that way. I will say my two favorites, grapefruit. You had it when we were at Amanda and Rob's. Maybe. The best. The grapefruit is so good, and I wouldn't expect to like that. And then in my coffee, I'm actually having the chocolate salt. Right now? Yeah, so it kind of makes it taste like a salty mocha, which is really good. And I also love doing a bone broth hot chocolate. I like the watermelon one. I like all of them. The only one I didn't like was, did they have like a jalapeno one? They have a, is it like chili, habanero, and then... Habanero, maybe that's it. But no, there's two flavors that are kind of spicy. Mango, chili, lime, and then something habanero. If You can put them in a cocktail and hydrate while you drink. Think about it. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm just going to become a mixologist. That's true. I just mix it with straight water. But you guys, hydrate the right way. Don't just drink regular water. Drink spring water. And not yeah, purified definitely water. Spring water. Start there, and then mix it lightly. So in here, I have like a half of a little packet. So it's not even a full serving size. It's half of a serving size. A lot of times, I go less than that. How many ounces is that? Not a lot. I will say this. I always tell people a third water. of a packet because the first time I ever tried Element, yeah, I did not like it, but it's because I put the entire start packet light. In. It's salty. It's like it. It's salty. But not in a bad way. It's just you have to just – I think we were mixing it too aggressively. It's a beginning. great mouth lubricant. So drinkelement.com slash AJCat330. They're supporting the podcast in – no, they're not. They're supporting the YouTube yeah. channel, which is awesome. So support them. Use that code, especially whether you're buying it already or not. Use that code. Um, okay. I will say before we move on, if you go to their website, their shipping is actually a day – longer than Amazon's like I think Amazon will come in two two days and we always get our elements in three days when we buy it off of the website and if you buy it off of the website and you do a subscribe and save you get four boxes for the price of three and then you can combine your code with that to get free samples on top of it and also. if you're doing a half packet or less of your ratio it forever it will last quite a while yeah I mean, we rip through it, but we also, I don't drink regular do. water. I only drink Element all the time. I travel with it. I have it in my water that I bring up to go to bed with at night. I have it in my glass of water that I have in the morning all the time. It, so good. it will make you feel way, way better. I think at least this is what I experience. I don't know if people wake up normally feeling this way and maybe they don't know. think that it needs to be like, oh, I haven't had my coffee yet. I have that kind of empty headache feeling. It's not really that you didn't have your coffee yet. Although it could definitely yeah. be if you drink coffee a lot. You're probably straight up just dehydrated and you need some electrolytes Most in the system. Most of us are and we have no idea until we actually hydrate properly and you feel way better. But. You know though who, uh, shout out Driver Jamie. I have, Driver I'm not Jamie, saying that word. Driver Jamie doesn't drink water <laughs> and I have so much respect for that. Driver he, Jamie. He hydrates with beer. Although no, I will say he was drinking Element yesterday at the track. Was he? Yeah, I think we got him hooked. Oh, good. And then we went to Hibachi afterward, and then he refused the water. He gave me his glass of water. He was offended that they put Small one near steps. him. And he had some Guinness. Small steps. And uh, oh, I miss shout Guinness. out driver Jamie. He drove my brand new bike yesterday. Got to ride my brand new bike for the first time. He put a couple surprises on it. He put graphics on it, which was cool. cool. Made it look You weren't sweet. expecting that? No. Okay. I had a feeling because when he said surprise, I'm like, oh, I'd love it if it had graphics on it. And it did, which I'm pumped. He knows what I like. 
Uh, bars didn't come in yet, but he did order the bars, and I didn't dislike those bars as much as I thought I would. He put some cool foot pegs on it. That knowing him, he probably paid for himself, which is I know what these things are, but I had no idea that you'd have to buy or replace these things. I didn't intend on paying him for the week this week, uh, just because I pay him when he drives, and when he, I just I pay, I paid him yesterday. He deserves I was like, it. He deserves that, and then some. Uh, he needs to go triple time, not even full time. What else? What else? Uh, DJ Mikey C oh, showed up at the track. Was awesome. No, DJ Mikey C, DJ Mikey C, who is my brother, <laughs> is inside of the Moto Academy app, which I forget sometimes. That's how he keeps tabs on me. He saw the post saying that I was he going to five oh eight inside of the app. Didn't tell anybody anything. Not your mom. Not you. No. And just showed <laughs> up. Just showed up. And I'm like, I'm going in the van. I turn around. And he just walks by me. And he just goes. And he's walking. And I'm like, what the, what is going on? So he stole Matt Flood. Shout out Matt Flood. Gave him some gear. Driver Jamie gave him a helmet. And his bike. I gave him TP199s and some boots and uh, some socks and sleeves. And then uh, driver Jamie gave him his bike. And then Mikey would just, he would get tired so quick that he would ride for like a half, not even a lap. A lap was... Uh, pushing it he would go a few sections and then pull off somewhere in the back and just sit and just hang out and watch and then ride another half lap and then sit in a different spot jamie was probably like and where's jamie my bike <laughs> matt were cracking up because jamie was like he was getting ready to go ride so he'd go to put his mikey would start pulling off the track at the track exit and jamie would like start to get his helmet on and get ready and then mikey would just ride around the starting gate and then loop back in and pop back onto the track. And he did it like they said two or three other times. He'll steal your bike, folks. <laughs> and he doesn't ride ever. So he rode five years ago. That's so cool. Uh, I think one time and then like five years before that and probably five years before that. So he just pops in. So we'll, next time we'll see him, we'll be 20. What year are we in? Three. We'll be 2028. On the track, you mean? That's probably the next time we'll see him out on the course. I sent him a DM when he posted that he was coming out of retirement to ride. And I said, what the? With a bunch of exclamation marks. And he goes, yeah, I'm officially going back into retirement. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah, he gets tired so fast, which is normal. Well, he hasn't ridden a bike and you just said five years. He looked so. good. His knees go too far forward. We did a private lesson video with him that cool. will come out on YouTube. He jumped a pretty big jump, like a 50 or 60 foot tabletop. And then I made him jump another one that was even bigger than that. And then immediately pulls off the track and the bike stalls and shuts off. And he's just kind of like going like put his hands up from a distance. And I go, uh-oh, I think it ran out, ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. So I'm going to blame that on driver Jamie. It's either driver Jamie or Dixon Ball's fault. Or it could have been Matt Flood's fault. It's anybody's fault but my own. Well, but blame also, it on should you not check a bike? No, it's my fault, obviously. But uh, it's oh. mostly driver Jamie's fault. I'm going to blame it on driver Jamie. Because anything that's it. my fault... That's part of his job description. When you have driver, driver Jamie sign his contract, that's going to be the first paragraph. Anything that's AJ's fault is Anything is that's my fault is naturally driver Jamie. Okay. It's his fault. All right. Shout out driver Jamie. Glad he rode yesterday. Most loyal Moto Academy team member of all time. It's also his favorite adjective, and it's his loyal. favorite thing to be called. So I'm going to call him it because if he's anything, that's what he is. He is loyal. And that's what we need right about now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, also, that was your first time at that track yesterday, right? Yeah, really good. If you live in the New England area, go to 508 International is what it's called. It's in Charlton, Mass. 
It's very close to MX-23, which I also like MX-23. Different types of dirt, different styles of tracks. Very cool to have both that close because it's good to supplement and bounce back and forth between the two. 508, definitely more wide open, bigger jumps, different kind of more hard packed dirt. But then again, the corners right up nice. And then uh, MX-23, I guess the dirt feels similar. A lot tighter, smaller jumps, um, and it just rides completely different. So, And 508 has a huge, huge triple or people call it the quad although it's really it's a table to single so that would be a, a triple 140 feet jumped at third lap made it look easy i mean i made it I made it look easy did a superman on it i would have no idea how big that would be it's the biggest jump i've ever hit in the new england area by oh, far doug lay down cool. buddy he's uncomfortable his blanket setup no, isn't no, good. He's good yeah jumped at third lap Cool. Jumped to third lap. Cool. Uh, we're going to answer questions. So thank you guys for asking questions. What, some of these might be uh, dirt bike related potentially, but we got oh, quite fine. a few. So we're just going to we're just going to dive right in. Shout out Dawson 401. Oh, it just started automatically. Dawson 401. What's up, AJ? What's up, Allie? Dawson 401 here, wearing the Sicko Moto Academy apparel. And uh, my question is about Allie. We've heard AJ's background, but we've never heard Allie's. So my question is, what's Allie's background, and how'd you guys meet? Also, I listen to the end of every podcast. Thanks, guys. Cheers. He's adorable. Okay. Such a cool kid. He's done a, a few classes. I don't know where he got that merch specifically from. Looks good on him. For some Dawson reason, he looks familiar. I don't know why. Great question, Dawson401. Uh, so Where did you come from? I came from, well, I was I was born in Pennsylvania, but I lived in Rhode Island all my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, AJ and I come from very different backgrounds. Um, okay, you just distracted me. Um, I grew up in uh, North Kingstown, Rhode Island, which was like an hour and a half away from you, right? No, I'm getting into this. <laughs> I played golf in high school, and I was a competitive dancer. Mm. And I was friends with somebody in high school who AJ was training, and he posted a picture of me, I guess that was my senior year, so 2013, and AJ saw the picture, and uh, he messaged me on Facebook. Yeah. Dating, yeah, app, yeah. dating apps weren't out in 2013. Yeah, yeah. So it's been 10 years that I've been stuck with you. 10 long, hard years. Wow. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary the other day. So anyways, he messaged me on Facebook. Yep. And you were Worked living perfectly. in Germany. You were like training in Germany for three months or something or four. It was like a long period of time. Three weeks could have been. No, it was a, it was longer than that. I'm positive. Or okay. you were just traveling to other places aside from Germany. And we talked and talked and talked all the time. So I feel like I knew you by the time I met you. Funny. I don't remember any of that. Any of it. But that sounds like a nice story. Uh... <laughs> We, I used to drive to you like late at night. I'd waitress until like midnight and then I'd come meet you halfway and then you'd drive me back to your house. Really? Yeah, we did the long distance thing for a long time. Yeah, which is all I knew. I was just never, I was always traveling for my entire life. So I was used to that. I had no idea what a dirt bike was. Yep, and that was one of the important things for me, was finding somebody that didn't know what a dirt bike was. Oh yeah, so you just mentioned important. that on a podcast. I do remember. Question. 
sort of remember bringing you to the track for the first time. I think I was in my Uncle Scott's truck. And I brought Maddie, my black lab. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. And we sat there and watched you. I actually liked... I don't really care much about dirt bikes, but I like the idea that you're doing a sport outside. (laughs) That is usually in, like, some kind of cool location that I could sit at. Although I never go to the track Did you even notice... Like, did you even know enough to when you got to the track and I started riding that yeah. I was by far the best one that was there no. and like I was standing out? She she didn't even know enough to where she could she couldn't even tell that difference. Well, and I think back then you were kind of young and you had a little bit of an ego and you told me you were pro and I just remember being like, okay, cool. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> she probably thought I was lying, I but definitely, definitely didn't have. even know enough to where and that was twenty tail end of twenty fourteen, maybe twenty fifteen. I was, I mean, I was pretty fast and I was training regularly at that time. So when we went to the track, I would have been going fast. And you, what's funny is you wouldn't have even known the difference and she couldn't have cared less, which to, is exactly what I. Yeah, wanted. I was in school with a bunch of guys that did like golf and lacrosse and like to boat. And it was like just totally different than the type of which I nothing against those types of people. I just prefer somebody, somebody a little different. But um, yeah, so now. Now I uh, I work in wealth management. Now she still doesn't know anything about dirt bikes. <laughs> no, I do I do more now. Like I actually have interest She's in watching races. She's quitting Yeah. Well, he's trying to get me to. Finally got her to quit. I like having my own source of income, folks. It just required. I like being an independent yeah. woman. Getting you I to like have having it. my own. Getting pregnant, and then she decided, all right, I'm actually going to quit. <laughs> Been trying for a while. For because what? For, if to get you me guys pregnant know or... <laughs> anything about my personality, you don't know Allie yet. Well, but you'll learn, and this is probably the same with most a lot of females. She worries about money all the time. Money isn't really even on my radar for the abundant. I mean, it, I don't want to say that because the books I read say that it requires money consciousness to be able to make it. What you I have money have? consciousness. Do you? Yeah. I am the finance it's in person making, in our it's relationship. It's not in like trying to like... Squirrel it. What? Squirrel it away. Squirrel it? That's Is a that saying. a term? Say it. It's not in trying to like pinch pennies and save money and uh, watch your spending. That's not what I mean by money consciousness. It's more so of like understanding how money flows to you and like how you... So I do the realistic stuff on the finance side in our relationship. Yeah, I'm unrealistic. I look at the it. books, our investments, our real estate. I take care of... I take care of everything in our relationship, making sure all of our bills are paid. So there's a reason why I might be it's a <laughs> more good, aware of money than you. It's a good balance. It's a good balance. I try to get Allie to be more like me, I think, because as we I think that would be the natural progression is we're going to. And it's getting to that point now where we have Tony. We've got HR Hannah. We've got driver a, Jamie. We've got a good group of people to where all of the monotonous tasks and the basic stuff and the systems, yes, you have to check in on it and make sure that nobody's stealing from us and that things are going as they should. But you'll be able to step step back from that and kind of join me a little bit more in fantasy land. Hmm. It's just not my person. I, I'm like inching I closer to that. I think it's important. And I, th- I think what's going to be the most fun fantasy is when people land. look back at it and... 10, 15 years, it's going to be, I think it's going to be cool because 
in the moment, it feels like sometimes things take forever to happen or it feels like they aren't happening. But then very quickly, 10 years will go by and it's like, whoa, it all happened. And for some yeah. reason, I didn't even realize that it was happening. We're at kind of a, a crossroad right now where I'm looking at leaving my job because I'm going to have a daughter and be a parent full time, obviously now. But Angle your mic a little bit. Yes. Okay. Full time. But also, um, oh, you just made me lose my train of thought. Does that ever happen to you? That's embarrassing. It almost never does because I'm very thoughtful about what's coming out of my mouth. Yeah, Something so that was you have I. to work on. Go ahead. And it was good. All right, let's just move on. Next question. Thanks for the question. Shout out Dawson 401. Here we go. This is another Thanks, question Dawson. for Allie, I believe. This is from Christian. You get Hi, this is Christian. This is a question for Ellie Cat. Why did you decide at this moment to join all these podcasts, all these movies? Because before we have never seen you or every time you dive away. I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> what was his name? I'm interested too. Christian. Thanks for the question. Shout out Christian. I talk to him all the time. Where's he from? App. I like the accent. Mm, I should know that. Obviously, somewhere in Europe, but I don't yeah. know exactly where. I don't want to take a guess and offend him. Well, it sounds French, but I but I don't know. That's an uneducated guess. I definitely don't think he's French. So, to answer that question, this is probably about winter. I don't really know the answer fully. Winter time last year. Uh, things were starting to just really pick up for you. Mm-hmm. And you had a you had a good amount of employees, five employees. I think it just started when the business really started to take off and you knew the direction you wanted to go in, but you were too busy traveling, teaching classes, training for Supercross. There were so many different things that were going on. I was watching you juggle them. I work remote. Um, I take on the stress of other people and I always try to help people when I can. And I just saw an opportunity for the Moto Academy and I didn't really quite have the time and I was also kind of scared to help you because you always hear about people in businesses that go into relationships or in relationships that go into business together and they have a lot of problems like within their relationship. Um, so I kind of wanted to steer clear. So I feel like it's over time, over time, <laughs> over time, I've just kind of started to get more and more involved. Obviously, in the last couple months, as things started happening you know, with the other facility that didn't work out, I, I wanted to, to step in even further to help, to just have an understanding. And you're pregnant and you're leaving your job. So you've kind of been segueing into like an overwatching uh, yeah. role of the whole thing. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I, through my job, I really take an interest in just finance in general. And I just saw so many different areas where you could be improving. And because you were so busy you didn't have the time to really see all of that and manage it properly. So um, that's kind of why. And then once I got into the app, when was that? Like three or four months ago, maybe? No, like a month ago. No, that's not true. Well, I've had my you might, have, for you might have signed up, but you never were in there until very recently. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I just am starting to like it. And I love like all the people that are in the app. I have like a man's sense of humor. I love all of the inappropriate <laughs> uh, usernames that people have. And um, it just seems like a really cool community. And 
I love that yeah. AJ has that and that he's created that for other people as well. Um, but like, don't be fooled. It's just as much of a benefit to us as it is to you guys. Yeah, especially when you experience lack of loyalty and community in your immediate yeah. team. In your immediate team, you then because J Jamie would always talk about loyalty, and I, yes, I've had people do shady things in the past, but they were never really in my inner circle, and uh, so. Well, no, I I take that back. That's yeah. I, I was gonna say. I, when I just I, met I don't hold grudges. I just forget about things. I guess so, which is maybe bad because I've learned my lesson and then we'll forget about it. You're also too busy to see things when they're happening, which yeah, is why I miss I'm things because I don't pay attention because I'm just wide open. Um, but it made me now appreciate the the people that are really really honest and true and a part of the community, and uh, because you realize that, that that's a quality that some people just don't. Don't have. I'm still struggling with it. Most people, not some people, most people don't have it. Um, but yeah, you've got a really great team right now. Great yep. for that. Uh, and so she's kind of been morphing into almost like a CEO role. So Tony is now COO. Tony's really doing a great job of yeah of organizing and optimizing operations and all the processes that we have. So. What's crazy is that when this thing started, I, I can't honestly, I don't know if I said this last podcast or not, but it's amazing for me to reflect back on the last three years and think that I did all of it at the beginning. I was the racer. I was the person filming coach. the YouTube videos. I was the coach. I was the person editing the YouTube videos. I was the social media manager. I was doing all the customer service emails. I was doing all of the jobs that all of my team now have spread throughout seven people or however yeah. many people it is was all me at the beginning. And I don't know how I was able to do that, but I guess that's why a lot of people aren't successful because it requires a lot of dedication for not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a long period of time because it, the brunt of that work was all done in three years, but yeah, now she's kind of like CEO. So she's like Tony's I am? backstop sweet sort of and like overseer of everything tony included and then that way i can just be uh what's my job title Visionary. creator creator sure i just want to be really yes i do what she does i do a i do a little bit of what everybody does because it's still necessary i think it's always necessary yeah. to kind of be involved but the majority of my time can be spent taking that step back or up above and kind of looking down at it to be able to like put the pieces where they may and think big and think long term and then kind of say, Tony, hey, this is what I want this next six months to look like. This is what I'd love the next 12 months to look like. And then it gets put into action and it's really quite cool. It makes because when people are young, I remember hanging out with my friends and in a stage of our lives that we were hyper creative, like 14 to 17, just coming up with ideas left and right. I'm sure a lot of people experience that. But then it stops there and it's just an idea. The nice thing about having a team is you can put into action the ideas almost immediately. And it compounds the growth, which is nice because a year ago even, definitely two years ago, I would do something 
have an idea and then all of my focus would have to go into that one thing until it was seen through and completed and then I could move on to the next thing. So it, it, everything just took a long time. When you have a team, you could have like six of those fires going at the same time and and have it be done in a controlled way, which is quite nice. Christian, good question. It's actually really interesting for me. I was going to guess. I just thought you were a clout chaser. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that you've cut me off a couple times and I haven't done it to you this podcast. <laughs> and also that was offensive. Also, that was the third time in my life I've ever said the word clout. But Yeah, please never I use really... a term like that ever again. Uh, I mean, I'm a TikTok boy. Do you see my I hoodie? Also, I, I also think that uh, that's actually one. mine. This is mine? Nope. Uh, I actually also, it's been interesting for me lately too, now that I'm kind of stepping more into helping you and the team. I've always worked for, I work for a team at a DC. And so it's never been my baby, so to speak. And you, I, I have been like reflecting a lot on ways that I've felt in the past. Like you can look at a boss. Don't, don't, cause you're going to get him worked up. Just leave it flying around. And you didn't even Missed get them. it. And there's two in here. I just no, found put it down. One. He's, you're going to get Doug. him scratching okay. again. Put it down. I, as an employee, have always looked at maybe bosses above me, this job, prior jobs, and are like, wow, they're making a lot of money. I'm working so hard, and I make an eighth of what they make. And now, being on the other side of it, watching you, and it's your baby, and you have employees, it's just a funny, different perspective where people people have, a, like, business owners have a lot of risk, and they have a lot of expenses, and I don't think people from the outside or employees below a CEO or a business owner understand how much money and time actually goes into building a brand. Like if I'm a, a consumer or a customer of the Moto Academy, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I just see vlogs of you teaching and racing. Like how difficult can it be? And there's so much behind the scenes that goes on. And so for any brand, even brand at the the mistake people make is they assume that if the marketing or if the branding is done well, they think it's a big company. Uh, trying to think of an example, like that new primitive company that does the saunas and cold plunges. They're so sweet. They, I told Ali, I'm like, well, he's the kid is 28. He started it two years ago. Either he had he maybe he has a rich family or maybe. Like he was able to earn money up until then to really invest heavily in this thing, or more than likely, he probably doesn't have any money. He's probably putting all of the money that he has into the brand. He probably has a few buddies that have really nice camera equipment, and he's a, like maybe has background in graphic design, so he's able to make the branding look really professional. And then it's kind of it's smoke and mirrors at the beginning a little bit. So people think, and it sucks because then you have the customer service dilemma of customers kind of treating it like it's you're sending a customer service email to walmart and it's like well hang on we're a small team we're doing the best we can that's not an excuse because a lot of people use that excuse to like have crappy customer service or to not get back to people get back to people if you can't do it pay somebody 15 20 25 bucks an hour to be your customer service person to be able to Get back to your customers right away. Oh my I, gosh! Every I time hate when small businesses may use that as an excuse, but I see you do it with like the targets and stuff. Will you're like, I don't like it. You leverage the fact that you know it's a big business <laughs> to try to help well, yourself, and first it's like, of all, well, it it. First of all, I spend a lot of money with Target. 
Yeah, I know. People spend a lot of money with me, too. I don't think we should take advantage of anything. Yes, but also, when somebody emails you and they have a problem, it goes into our group chat, and all of us collectively are trying to figure out the best solution for the employee and, of course, or for the customer and ourselves as well. Like, we actually put a lot of time and effort into resolving something. When something goes to Target, it's just some person, most likely in another country, that just is following guidelines and sends you yeah, an automated I guess. reply if, back. If they scale to the point where they don't <clears throat> care, then the customer maybe shouldn't either. Uh, that's a good point. We're going so, on a tangent. My only point in all of that was just to say, like, employees always have, like, their perceptions and customers do, too. There's so much. Like, I, after watching you do all this, small business owners risk and put so much time and effort. And to even be mildly successful is such a, a huge win because it's just, holy crap. But I think everybody should do it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. Just got to get the right and people behind you. And there's not really risk. The, there's not really risk. The only mm -hmm. risk is if you were to give up at some point. I think that there's things that can happen along the way that are definitely bumps in the road and challenges Ooh. left and right. But the only way it's risk, even if I always, this is why I always feel good about things. I'm like, we could, we could fail miserably tomorrow. Something create some crazy event could happen. I, to where everything could disappear. All like all the all of our money could go away. I and I wouldn't even care. I could build it back up in six months. Well, it's definitely months. a good perspective to have. Although, just don't. Please. So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see there being a whole lot of risk. I think that it's scary, especially at the beginning. A lot of people think it's scary, especially if you're quitting a normal job, to try and do it. But if you can have the perspective of I can be very content and be happy living simply, then it kind of takes the pressure off. Because, I, I mean, shoot, we could sell all the houses we have, move into this van. No, you, you know what I just thought of when I'd you said fine. that? When we went to that lake in Georgia with my family for my mom's family reunion, mm -hmm. there were all these people that were either camping or lived in Airstreams on this lake. And it was kind of in the middle of nowhere, very affordable place to live. And I was like, I could live in an Airstream with my dog. Yeah. So there. if you can have that perspective, then it kind of yeah. takes the pressure off because like, why do... Doing it might be another thing. Like we might not actually... Saying is one thing and then doing it is another. I would enjoy any of it. As long yeah. as I'm... I think to a certain extent, as long as I wasn't out in the elements, like having to sleep out in the rain or the snow... Like, as long as I was a comfortable body temperature, it's really all we want. And a fire. We love fires. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. But that's a <laughs> Dixon Balls is in the chat. He sent us a message, Mr. Dixon Balls and Mrs. Dixon Balls. So we're going to do these things separate. I don't know who's going to be first, but um, this might carry us more into the same kind of conversation we were just having. Hey, AJ and Allie, this is Mrs. and Dixon Balls here. Listen, Mr. Dixon Balls and I are both um, business owners, as you and Allie are as well. So my question is, is how do you keep that separation um, between that and the marriage? And uh, we're parents of twins. And my question to you is, how do you plan on making that work with a little one? Oh, twins. Great question. That's cool. Are, do, both, do they have a boy and a girl or a boy and a boy? I think they have a boy and a girl. So just one rides? Great question. That is a good question. 
Um, to be truthful, I don't know that there is much separation at the moment, and there has not been since probably the beginning of the year, which was my biggest hesitation with helping you with the Moto Academy, I think. Um, just make sure you're talking to the mic. Swing that thing around if you're going to aim at me more. That's good. I just don't want to, when I breathe, because, you know, pregnancy makes you breathe hard. I just don't want to be a mouth breather under the mic. Um, since January. That's where it was before. Oh, see? This is why we can't work together, Mrs. Dixon. Get your thought out before I fall asleep. Um, It's hard. It's hard to find separation. We're not doing a good job at it right now. We are fully in the... I don't trenches. think the separation is necessary as long as you're not emotionally attached to everything that's going on in the business, which I'm not. Allie might be to some extent. Oh, and she panics and, and thinks no, that No, I don't some think I panic. You don't panic, but you you very you get emotional for longer periods of time where mm -hmm. I would maybe I'll get pissed off for five seconds. Yeah, but that's sort of like a like a sociopath characteristic. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so that's, I think I've said it on the podcast before, parents or people that are trying to do it themselves, the best thing that you can do is teach somebody or learn how to yourself, shorten, this is from Joe Dispenza, shorten the refractory period of your emotional Yeah, I agree with that. Reaction. It, not by just ignoring it by observing it and understanding what it is and your emotional reaction to something is your subconscious program responding to whatever scenario it, and reacting in the same way. You get cut mm -hmm. off in traffic, you flick the person off. You don't think about doing that. You're not having the conscious thought of flipping the person off. You just automatically do it. It's like when you sit down for a corner and put your foot out. Yeah. It is automatic for most people. So all you have to do is very quickly have the thought of, ooh, yep, okay, I just did that. I just reacted this way. Yeah, I'm done now. I, I think the most important thing with separating work from relationship or even work from, like, self-relationship is having things in your day that you really enjoy doing. For me, I always make sure I wake up when I have my cup of coffee. I have, like, my silent time in the morning. And another really important thing for me to do is go to the gym. Like, I feel like you have to kind of plan things into your day to help separate work from home life and make sure that you still have a really good sense of, like, self and things that make you happy. And I have been practicing this lately because I remember I said to you the other day, we've been having just random things going on that are just, let's call them frustrating. I was like, gosh, I, I'm so sick of feeling this way. Whoa. Whoopsie daisy. Wow. Love his hair. Uh... I was like, gosh, I feel so frustrated right now. Like, I know I already thought through the situation that we're going through. And the frustration still lingering. What can I do? I go to the gym and I feel like 10 times better. So I feel like also when... Did we... Have we said her name yet? Also, when Millie comes along, oh. um, I want to make sure that I still keep those same things so that I still have like a really good sense of self and passions outside of work. I feel like a lot of people lose that. Yeah, and I think for business specifically, to answer Mrs. Dixon Ball's question, nighttime, I'm not on my phone doing business anymore. I used to be. I used to, I yeah. would lay in bed on my phone and and work until I fell asleep. I don't do that anymore. 
and she doesn't either. So I still don't think the time is spent productively as productively as it could be where she wants to put on Walking Dead. I would rather read. But at least we're not doing business stuff. In the morning, I am pretty darn good today. I got on it quicker than I needed to. But usually I'm not on the phone for like the first half hour to hour once I wake up. And so that gives us a good way to kind of start the day on the right foot which is important, especially when you're talking about kind of rewiring and setting up automatic programs to be able to be happy. If you're automatically going to bed frustrated with work because it was the last thing you did and waking up and it's the first thing you think about and do, you're right into that vicious cycle all over again. So it's easy steps to take, I think. I had this conversation with AJ the other day. We were actually in the car going to the gym and I was listening to a podcast. It's one of my favorites. And the girl, she's very successful. She was talking about how she schedules everything into her day as a business owner of a very large business. And she literally will schedule in her coffee time in the morning, her gym time, if she's getting a massage or the grocery store or whatever, along with her other work things. And she said it really helps her so that she doesn't sit down in the morning, start working. And then all of a sudden it's seven o'clock at night and she's like, my whole day was work and I had no time for myself. Because I think a lot of people forget we're all so busy chasing money and success that we forget that like our time here is so limited And if you're not intentional with how you spend it and you get sucked into like the rat race that everybody else is, you'll blink and it'll be over. I feel that way now at 27, 28, however old I am. The perspective of having the confidence and like the stillness to be able to be like, it's not a rush. I can take my time. I can take time to make a decision. So that way I make a better decision. I don't have to react right away to things. I don't have to rush I'm you not, just taught me that. I'm not racing anybody else. At the beginning, it, for me, it was not that. At the beginning, it was I need I go, 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 go. And I remember having a conversation with Lucas one morning before Supercross, and he was talking about how, like, he's in a position now to where he can kind of, like, be a sniper, sit back and just, like, wait. That's definitely where I'm trying to be at is there's not there's not really a rush. So... And I don't think there has to be at the beginning either. I think people just have the mentality because they're frantically scrambling to make something happen. So that takes a lot of pressure off too. And that will give you the peace of mind and knowing I can put my phone down and not look at it for an hour in the morning. And what, it will what are you be missing there. in that hour? Nothing. It will be there when you pick the phone What are you back missing up? for that last hour yeah. on your phone? And nothing. So It's more productive that way too because you'll just be a happier, more calm individual. It'll help you just think with more clarity. Okay, now we got Mr. Dixon Balls here. If I can get this to work, I don't know how to work my phone. What's up, AJ, Moto Academy community? Dixon Balls here. I'm coming at you with a podcast question. Seen all these kids at the track running race gas and then going eight miles an hour. I've also heard that the race gas can make my bike sing like Adele. Is that true? Wondering what the benefits are. And can I simply pour it into my gas tank or do I have to do a little carburetor foreplay? Just want to know if I'm investing in uh, real performance gains or just bragging rights at the track. Any help would be appreciated. This is the part where you say good question. I'll wait. Great question. Great question. Mr. Dixon Balls, he's got good comedic timing as far as like taking pauses and stuff. He's funny. That is funny. Carburetor foreplay. Yeah, definitely a two-stroke. His son's on a YZ85. 
Definitely don't need race gas. Definitely don't. That's why I don't like my straight rhythm bike because that race gas, I'm pretty sure that I'm running in it, is $250 for five gallons. Not to mention it stinks up everywhere. And yeah, we tried to put that can in the garage and we were sleeping at night and I was like, because our bedroom is above the garage. No, you didn't smell it. I did. You were like, I don't smell that. Well, once you said it, then I went downstairs and opened up the garage. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Smacked me in the face. Yeah. Stick to that pump fuel if you can, Mr. Dixon Balls. Great question, though. Great hair. Great hair. Is his that hair his didn't real? look like that when I saw him yesterday. What did he have? Bleached tips? Yeah. He's like got those frosted look. tips. Yeah. Sick. Love questions like that. Creative. Just funny. Creative username. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Who do we got now? Oh, mine moto. What's up, you guys? Hope you're both well and baby's doing good. Uh, my question was about mental strength or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't believe that a mental health disorder is uh, mental weakness. So I don't believe it's a lack of mental strength. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Great question. Love that guy. Uh, also, I want to come out with some mental strength or whatever you call it merch. I think that's another term that we've now coined which i like mine yours you, you said it first didn't you? It. mental like... strength or whatever you call it is very important I... I also don't like mental strength isn't a good way to describe it go ahead Ali, yeah, take it away i did use that that term it could be tweaked go ahead so um, what was this question i don't think it's weakness i think it's an opportunity is how I look at it because I'm somebody that's struggled in the past mildly with, you know, mental health. And I think it opens doors for you to train yourself to think differently. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, I just see it as an opportunity to, to train your mind I think a condition would be somebody that has practiced behaving a certain way, small ways, over and over and over and over again. So you wire one process, negative process, and you do it to another and another and another. And next thing you know, your whole everything that you're doing, all of your automatic responses and thought processes are all like fight or flight reactions to things that don't have to be it's your body your mind making something up your body believing it as if like you're getting attacked by a lion when really you just sitting at home on the couch and then your body will shut down everything it needs to be doing to be able to operate healthy and any growth that you could have in your body digestion all of it that will shut down when your brain thinks that you're in fight or flight and your brain can think that you're in fight or flight when you're anxious or when you're stressed about something it's the same it's the same thing so somebody that has a disorder it's it's kind of like they've created an issue within their body or their brain to because they've so many they've wired themselves so many way, ways and maybe people would disagree with this but this is my whole belief system this is the the root and the core of my entire belief system is that it's just practice it's practice behavior it, even ADHD something like that right it's practice behavior because it was a coping mechanism when the child was younger and they didn't have an option to try to escape 
their environment. So therefore, they just mentally would check out whether it's, you know, parents fighting or whatever their environment was that wasn't conducive. Yeah. And that so that creates attention deficit disorder because you you're so used to just checking out. That's why that's why I kind of started with saying I don't think it's a weakness. I think it's an opportunity because for me, I I was very active when I was younger in high school. I was, like I said earlier, a competitive dancer. I golfed. I liked to work out. And there were a few years, maybe like four or five, where I struggled really, really bad with my mental health. And I stopped doing everything like I did nothing to help myself. And as soon as I found myself back in the gym, for me, it was the gym that was a really positive starting point for AJ. Maybe it was reading books. It could be anything for anybody. That, like, torpedoed me into a whole different life of behavior that helped support my mental health. Like, for me, I know when I start and I get into this weird place of, okay, I'm frustrated or I'm sad or I'm angry, I know exactly what I can do to fix it. And I think that's kind of like a great place to start whatever that activity or thing might be for you. AJ would argue it's reading a book, but your your body you can get into such a state Ignore too it. where your body becomes addicted to feeling stress. Your brain your brain your brain gets addicted to feeling bad because it's just what it's used to. And it's the way that it then that's why I love I like this way of kind of this philosophy of just picturing your your subconscious just being the computer program to where of course you feel bad because it's all you practice is you wake up and you go through your day certain things trigger you to feel badly you then have like this six hour long refractory period of where you kind of reflect back on that same thing you feel the same way and then you think back and you feel the same way and your body just wants to keep your mind and body keep wanting to do that. Well, and I think there's levels to it too. There's oh, yeah. obviously that's it's why not I just like a call it high level and low level. Well, that's what else do I call it? Somebody some, help. Somebody give them some suggestions in the comments. But somebody help. What I was gonna say is I also don't think, and this is like a whole other thing that I'm passionate about that could be a rabbit hole. But just to keep it precise, I guess our system today, our medical system does is not conducive to helping people. You go in and they'll say, oh, based off of what you're explaining here, you know, you're clinically depressed or whatever it is. And they'll give you a prescription. Sure, that's great. But you have to be on that prescription for the rest of your life in order to have that fix you, so to say. And it never does. One of the things that I did last year, it's actually before I got pregnant, was I hired a holistic doctor and she ran all these different tests on me. One of them was um, a Dutch test, and it's like a dried urine test, and it shows you all of your different hormones and how your body, like the different pathways of your hormones. I was addicted to cortisol. My adrenals were shot, and but I was a- addicted to cortisol, which is like the stress hormone, they say. And so I always found myself wanting to, to be in those situations, like you and I in the drive-thru at Starbucks. We were in no rush, but I'd be like, hurry, hurry, get in line before this person behind us cuts us off or something and you would look at me and it was like a couple times of you doing that where I was like oh my gosh this is crazy so my doctor was able to show me those tests which your typical doctor will not run on you they run like very basic things and a lot of times those things don't tell you what's actually going on underneath and she gave me all these different practices to start to manage my stress and all my other hormones I'm literally a completely different person now than I was last year 
there's other habits that helped that. But I just think if you're struggling with your mental health, I think it's an opportunity. And I think not only practicing different behaviors of things that make you happy each day, but also finding a doctor that will help you do like further digging. That's hard to do. It's hard to find. Not impossible. It's definitely hard to find, but I found it and it was life changing. So great question. Great question. Mind Motors Kids. Hi, Ali. We're Mind Motors Kids and we were just asking, what four qualities would you look for in a man to marry your daughter? Well, we, first of all, we need either Millie, of you could marry my daughter because you're freaking adorable. We need Millie to have an English accent. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. Are you kidding I'll me? Just, I'll, let's watch that one more time through. Hello, we're Mind Motors kids and we were just asking, what four qualities would you look for in a man to marry your daughter? So I want to meet them and give them I a hug. I love it. I really want Millie really to have an English accent. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, well, good question. So, what three is that what he said? Four, you go four. ahead. Four, four qualities. Great, One, <clears throat> English accent, because maybe she'll start start talking that way. So yeah, we want a nice proper English gentleman to marry Millie. Two. Uh, I'm very intrigued to hear your. Oh man, there's so many. Well. Self-aware would be a good one. That's going to be tough tough to find in anybody that's under 30 years old in a male. But self-awareness, I think, is an important one, or at least signs of self-awareness. Well, because any other quality that I could possibly name would revolve around self-awareness. So, like, honesty or... Loyalty. That all revolves around self-awareness, I think. Yeah, that's a huge one for sure. It's so funny because... When somebody, when I hear somebody ask that question, I don't go to what somebody would typically say of somebody that could provide for her or oh, no, no, like none of those things. For me, one of my favorite qualities about you, and I think it's something that my entire family has appreciated about you, is that you've never babied me and you've always pushed me to be like a better version of myself. And I think that's something I've done for you too. So what would that be? What would you say? What would that category like? Don't know. Don't know. But one thing that I guess I've been for sure through my whole life is myself. Yeah. I Whether that been. was a not self-aware <laughs> version at the beginning, it was me. I wasn't molding to try to fit in with this group or molding because then you're lying to yourself and then it turns into an external lie as well. Uh, and you. Yes. Yeah, somebody I've that's very that. comfortable being themselves. I've never done that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's no such thing as a dorky person. Like, I would embrace a dorky person because that's somebody that's just being themselves. Um, an overly confident person, especially in a if a young, overconfident person would be a red flag as a parent. But that's what I was. Uh, and it was a red flag. But I was, yeah. But I had, there was, cert, I, there was certain key qualities that I, I had that I think were important. That helped me turn into kind of what I'm turning into now. Me. I was that quality. Great question. Great yeah, question. Would... It's a good question to think about as a young kid because then you can start to self awareness. Develop some of the qualities. Self awareness is the biggest one. A passion of their own. Oh, for sure. But that also comes with self awareness. As soon as you become self aware, you can you can figure out the root of 
problems and <clears throat> yeah, that's feeling true. bad, you can you can very quickly, you know, get to where figuring out what your passion is. You can uh, you can quickly get past the feelings of fear to then begin pursuing your passion where a lot of people just pick something, but then never actually do it. They just consider it impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Great question. Super cute kids. Vernon K 17. Shout out Vern. AJ, Allie, Doug. What's up? Vern here. Uh, like you guys, me and my wife are expecting our first child, uh, come January actually. We have a little boy. And uh, we've been thinking a lot about our own hobbies and how we're going to introduce him to our lifestyle, our hobbies and whatnot when he gets old enough. And like for dirt bikes, I was thinking a balance bike, maybe a Pee Wee 50 when he gets old enough. And my wife rides horses, so we have to work into that a little slower. Uh, but what are y'all's plans for teaching your little one your hobbies or, of course, on dirt bikes and whatnot? What's y'all's idea? Good question. Shout out Vernon K17. Great question. Congrats. Just a few months Congratulations. behind us. Congratulations. Baby boy. That's cool. That is cool. That is cool. First first baby. Good luck out there, man. It's a scary thing. <laughs> so I – go ahead. What was the question? Uh, I think his question was how what do we how do we plan to introduce her into our – Oh, I haven't planned. Passions. The only thing I've kind of planned is trying to think about how I can read to them and get them to – well, that's a passion ways. of yours. So that's, oh, yeah. sure. But as far as like dirt bikes, haven't put any thought into that. Well, we had originally, I was certain that I was having a boy. I don't know why. Like we had this whole family name and everything picked out for a boy. And you were saying to me that, you know, inevitably he's probably going to want to ride a dirt bike. And so we had had like basic conversations around that. But then once we found out it was a girl, I don't know. I think the only thing that I really care about is just that she learns really healthy habits from us. Healthy meaning like just how to be a happy individual and take good care of herself. She's definitely also going to inevitably ride dirt bikes as well. Well, uh, I want to. I just had an idea. So I, I would love for her to be introduced to kind of like the arts. So just being creative, uh, an instrument, yes. Singing, an although, instrument and singing, I think I think would be awesome. Yeah, I'm really I bummed. I feel like because... that's the highest. Like, singing, you said. Music is like the highest. I think it's the purest, highest form of creativity. I feel like singing, which is why I'm so bummed because I'm extremely creative. Have and, you ever tried um, singing? Do you ever sing by no, yourself I guess in the I car? Could, I guess I could learn. No, I haven't even really. You've never sang in the car to a song? Not really. Not like a real effort. Doug wants to get on. Not a real effort. I do. I think I sound pretty good. I guess it's not too late to learn. I, we could learn with Millie. <laughs> Just a family singing? But I think it's <laughs> like uh, oh like the God. family and stepbrother. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought of. And it seems to be, reminds me of childhood memories. Why are you singing like you? Because that's how she was singing. Like uh, she was just super monotone and uh, depressed. So yeah, that's the music. first time he sang. Music. <laughs> Doug is so Music would be a very cool one. And that's what I'd like to introduce her to. Well, I definitely okay. think an instrument. Yep. Which my Piano. parents didn't really force on me. I played violin, but then I quit before high school and they just let me. But I also think dancing is similar yep. to dancing is a good singing. One too. 
that taught me so many things. Um, yeah. But I just think lead by example, like with things that make you passionate, your son doesn't necessarily have to take interest in the same things that you love, but just guide him in a direction to find those things for himself if they're not what you love. Good question, Vernon K17. We got Daniel Youngblood in the house. Daniel Youngblood. Shout out, Premix Papa. Woo! You won, bro! Question for you. As you can see, we're having some issues. I tried trimming up. Nothing's working, bro. What do you recommend for hair product? Help me out. Let's go. Man. I love the energy, Daniel Youngblood. He's You're hyped. asking the wrong guy. He's got some he's got premix papa-esque hair. He does. Shout out premix papa. They look like they could be related. Is he asking premix papa what hair? Well, I, well, I don't know why premix he'd papa. ask you. No, because I, I'm only saying that you have great hair now, but you just never. Every time I see you, you're yeah. you have bangs that do this. That's what the helmet does to my head now. And I'm always like, AJ, go put product in your hair. You have hair now. You need to style it. <sighs> Look at it even right now. It's fanning off in different directions. What? Yeah, I just I didn't say. So anything all right, this has been my technique since I've got my hair transplant. Is I dry drying my hair is important. I use Allie, she's got the nice Dyson, and I dry my hair with that in cool mode, because I don't think it's good to dry your hair with heat. <laughs> Who taught you that? And then it gives it a little bit of poof and volume, so that way when I put in, I have like a matte paste, very small amount. I, I hate when you go to get your hair cut and it, their whole hand is white. It's like, lady, I have an inch of hair. Like I don't need a whole handful of stuff. A little bit, just on one fingertip, just a little bit, and just kind of work it in there. Sometimes if it looks like it's too much, I'll dry it again and kind of fluff it up again. And then that's my move. But I also have short hair. So for the long curlies, I actually thought his hair looked pretty cool. Just straighten it. <laughs> Just straighten it into like a bob. I actually think his hair looks like good Lord like that. Farquaad. But he also has really good hair where if he wanted to cut it and get like a shorter style. Who? Him. What was his name? Daniel Youngblood. I think Daniel could could do like one of those TikTok boy haircuts, you know, where it's like super curly on top and then shaved on the side. And he'd look he'd look pretty, pretty sweet. But sure. I also think it looks good how it is. And then uh, I as far as shampooing shampoo like twice a week, maybe. Three times a week, I use I, I use whatever Allie uses. Don't know what it is. I'm sure it's way too expensive. Good question. Um, all right, Daniel Youngblood, he's got another one for us. Hey, what's up, Moto Academy? Daniel Youngblood here. Ask me about brake tapping. When you brake tap, do you pull your clutch in and release? Do you hold it till you drop and you're about to hit that gas? And when you drop on the gas, you let it go? What's your thoughts on that? How, how do I do that properly? Is it a quick thing? What are, what are we doing here? Let me know about the brake tapping. Thanks a lot, guys. Later. Great question. Allie, take it away. I don't even know what that is. What is brake tapping? Take a guess. <clears throat> when you're in a wheelie and you grab the clutch to brake. Correct. No, it's not. No. <laughs> I was going to say, good question. Wow. Good question. Uh, and I don't, sometimes I don't go super into depth in this because I, it's like one of those things that I teach and then I, I forget that a lot of people don't even understand the basic concepts of it. So yes, you pull the clutch in. But I pull the clutch in the same way that I would pull it in when I'm shifting, which is one finger on the clutch and I pull it in until it hits my knuckles. So 
it's like I, it's an inch. I'm not going all the way into the grip. It's just like an inch. I'm pulling it in. There's a couple ways of doing it. If in, yesterday I was hitting a 140 foot jump that I was brake tapping because I had fun flying through the air nose down on it. But to do the nose down effectively, I would brake tap it. I would brake tap early, first of all. A beginner, and most people should wait to brake tap until you're at the height of your jump. Because at the height of your jump, you know the distance that you're going to get and you know what the pitch of your bike is going to be. If you do it early, you don't really know your distance read just yet. And you're not quite totally sure the pitch of your bike. So hitting it early is a, is a high-level maneuver. Like You have to be careful with it. Even I, it scares me. Josh Hansen's really good at it. Barsha does it really well. I think it's cool. Not much of a purpose to it other than it looks cool. Jet does it sometimes. So yesterday I was 140 foot jump, fourth gear wide open. As soon as I would take off, I would tap my rear brake. And if you let, you can let go of the clutch instantly. But when you let go of the clutch, your tire is going to spin again. And it's going to either stop the brake tap movement or it's going to kind of like re-level you back out. So you might end up having to pull the clutch in and brake tap again if you're in the air for long enough. So what I would do is I would tap early, pull the clutch in, tap early and hold the clutch in so that way the bike would slowly keep doing this. And then when I got it to a point where I was comfortable, I would let the clutch out. And then if I needed to, I would give it a little blip of throttle and it would get that back tire back down just a little bit where I wanted it. And I think that's a lot of people, when they learn jumping, the way that I teach it with the head really far forward, they'll, some of them will learn and they'll start to just do that slow motion nosedive. If you listen to anybody that jumps, they give it a little blip midair. And now it depends where in the air you want to do it because what that'll do is it'll and it'll get that bike perfectly stopped, leveled out where you want it. A little blip of throttle in the air will do quite a bit to that bike. A, a brake tap will do quite a bit. And you can you can abort mission on the movement, meaning you can brake tap and go, oop, that was a bad decision and blip it. And you usually get yourself right out of what you, that brake tap did. Did that make sense? Brake tapping is a I'm good sure skill to learn. It. Good skill to learn, especially when you're jumping a lot. And supercross is very important because you have to be downsiding really steep obstacles. Uh, let's run myself through a lap yesterday. No brake tap. I would brake tap the table. There was a big tabletop going back towards the parking lot. I would brake tap because I was going nose low. Uh, turn tabletop. No, no. I would break tap that tabletop going away from the parking lot. No, scrub jump, scrub jump, scrub jump. No break taps necessary. 140 footer break tapping. And that was it. So I was break tapping on <laughs> three of the jumps. Two of the jumps. Three of the jumps on the track. And there was like 20 jumps on the track. So if that gives you any reference. That seems like a good question, though, with how in-depth that you just had to go. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever uh, done a video on that? Yeah, but explaining, I could, I could make another updated video and explain it a little bit better even. You didn't delete it. Hey, how's it going? Uh, quick question. Uh, first off, I'd like to say that I feel like Deegan's been awesome this year in Supercross and outdoors and so far in the SMX series. Um, with that said, what have you seen growth-wise in Deegan's riding throughout the entire year as a whole from all the series um, and 
do you think that he could win a championship next year? Do you think he's the guy? Also, AJ, you're not the only one with, you know, crazy hair these days. Shout out. He's got good hair. It's just under a hat. Yeeden deleted. Great question. Oh, that was Yeeden deleted? I knew that username. Yep. Okay. Great question. Yeah, it seemed like it. What do you think? From, like, somebody that knows nothing? Yeah. I think he's definitely championship material. Yeah. Especially because Hunter will be going to 450 probably, right? Yeah. I would say the odds are pretty good. Yeah. And I would say from my perspective, listening to you and watching random races, he is very fast. But it seems like maybe sometime lacks the technique. But But they're putting conscious effort into it. Yeah. And he's still consistent. Yeah. Has the right He's mindset. Very impressive. Has a good family system. Has all all of the tools you would need. Yeah, yeah there's, there's nobody else other than the Lawrence family that can uh, compete with that on the 250 level. Shmoda's Shmoda's high level. So Joshi. Joshi Moda. He is <laughs> will be 250 again next year. So if he's on the same coast as Deegan, I would pick Joshi over Deegan. Hmm, maybe not. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Anyone else, I would put Deegan above them, probably. 250-wise. Are there things that you see that he's doing or that he's done this past season uh, that you think he could change to help him for next year? Get better at whoops, which he will. That was the biggest thing. If you compare the rest of his track to the Lawrence's last year, probably not far off. It's the whoops, I would guess, that he was losing the most time. I will say, also, I think that is like a huge secret, but maybe not a secret, is the thing that I love the most about the Lawrence's is you could tell that they were just like amazing people, like good down-to-earth, like a good family unit. Mm -hmm. And it seems, from the very little that I've seen of the Deegans, just like, what's the dad's name? Ralph. I know it's not that. I get all their names mixed. Like, I don't know if his name's Hayden or Brian. Brian. You call riders by their last name, so it's hard. Um, the times that I've seen the dad talk, like, you could just tell he's also a very good person with, like, good morale. And I think that's really important to mold a good rider. The most important, in my mind, really. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, seemed like Good it. question. Oh, we got Brian. What's up, guys? My son and I, Brevin, are just coming back from a Moto Academy camp here in North Carolina. We were talking. I've heard AJ say several times that kids need to be exposed to learning how to ride Supercross from an early age. What does that look like? What does it sound like? How do we do that? I don't know what would be the difference between learning Supercross and Motocross. Great question. They're the trip winners, by the way, people. Family sweet, Brevin, also. Yeah, I, I think Brian's going to drive up his son because he wants to miss as little school as possible. We'll be flying up. So I'll, we'll be able to check out the van, compare that build-out to this build-out, which is cool. Interesting. Brian and Brevin just won the last Moto Academy trip. So get inside the app, club.themotoacademy.com, if you guys want to win, win trips moving forward. If you want to rim it. By the time this podcast comes out, they'll be on the trip, or they'll have done the trip. 
and I'm pumped. They seem really cool. They seem super cool. Well, I mean, cool. they are cool. I've met them multiple times now, but I'm excited to spend more time with them. Seems like a really cool family. Yeah. What was the question? Uh, learning supercross from a young age. Yeah, you want to have exposure to a lot of bike skill building things when you're young. I, I would recommend, I mean, if I were getting my kid into grooming them through and trying to, let's say the goal is to be the best motocross racer ever. The goal at a young age would be to learn. I think you want to have a heavy focus. The main focus is on supercross because that's where you're going to, the, the future is going to always go more supercross. You want a main focus on supercross, but you want exposure to, and a lot of time spent on motocross, obviously exposure and a lot of time spent in off-road riding in the woods exposure and a lot of time spent uh not a lot of time but exposure to flat track i think is is a good skill to learn um what else trials riding any type of two wheels any of the disciplines take the time to create exposure but supercross is the big one so and i built my skills a couple of ways winchester supercross in new hampshire when I was young, had a very supercross style track. They still have it, but it's not supercross or anything even close to it anymore, unfortunately. Used to have pretty good size whoops, and the guy who built it, Dave, they were the the previous owners, he was on the team that built the supercross tracks, which hmm. was cool. So he kind of had the specs to work off of. And uh, it had whoops, it had rhythm sections, it had big jumps, all of it. So I learned that on a 50, on a 60, on an 85, and got a lot of exposure, way more than most. We would go to any of the local arena cross races when I was little, and we would take them seriously. Also, Mototown, which was the world's biggest indoor motocross track, which eventually I will create my own version of that. But Mototown was pretty cool. Did you ever go? No, it sounded really cool. Really cool. It was like the size of however many football fields. It had a gym, had like a, a either a planet fitness or a gold's gym in it it had restaurants it had imagine a... something like that today in new england oh yeah why hasn't well, anybody done that well we'll do it i know but and what was i gonna say that was very super crossy at the beginning it had whoops it had rhythm sections it had all of the elements of kind of a super cross style track which they kind of went away from after it opened uh which i think wasn't the move I think a lot of people stopped going once that happened, but that developed a lot of skill, supercross specific skill, learning how to skim whoops, learning how to jump whoops, learning how to hit rhythm sections, jump, 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 learning how to jump onto a tabletop and jump off, all of learning how to hit steep berms. In motocross, you don't even get a chance to hit like a big, bold, steep bull turn, which is a, a skill in itself. Did somebody say he's going on a bigger bike? Did they just get him a new bike? Who? Didn't Tony say that Brevin? they got Brevin? He's in between a 65 and 85. I think he's got both. So when he's here, oh, you, where would you? It's all outdoor tracks, right? There's no supercross. Yeah. Yeah, there are no. So that's, could he start learning thing. soon with his well, new biker? This, this is the whole this is the whole problem is and it's my theory with the how we're going to operate the facility our facilities is there has to be a proper grooming process to where the track there's different levels of tracks like really Three different levels of tracks yeah. is, is what you need. And uh, so people can learn. Mm -hmm. And learn as early as possible. It and can be properly. done in a safe it can be done in a safe way. Yeah. Cause how are you gonna compete with a Deegan that's been riding a supercross track in his backyard, one that was designed for a fifty, then for a sixty five, then for an eighty five? Like they would have the tracks changed to fit the bikes. 
Like on 50s, he had little mini supercross loops really? that he could practice skimming across on a 50. Did Jet or Hunter? No. No, I don't think so. So then couldn't you argue that it's more talent driven than practice or? Well, Jet and Hunter had the next best thing or maybe even a better thing, which was riding all of the tracks in Europe. I think they trained with Stefan Everts, who is like the best of all time in Europe. They did all the right things, minus creating supercross skill, which is amazing that Jet and Hunter are the two best in the whoops. I think just when they learned it, they learned whoever taught them had you know to have been the right doing. guy. Yeah. And they just they they have a heavy focus on technique. So they have such good body position that once they learn how to commit coming in and how to have good bike setup too, mm -hmm. the they got good at whoops very quickly. Mm. And then it it doesn't take long for it to be almost entirely a mental thing. Yeah. Uh that's it. Those are all our questions. That was a lot of them. Thank you guys for sending them in, by the way. We have a bunch more. So if your question didn't get answered, we only got about a third of them answered. How long have we been but podcasting for? send more in. Hour and 16 minutes. Mm -hmm. Good length. Good length. Send them in. Go to club.themotoacademy.com. Find the podcast questions account and send it a direct message. It can be dirt bike related because I'm going to have podcasts by myself in here. I'll have cameraman Cam on. We're going to have guests coming in. You need to have Rob. We're going to have a bunch of guests. We're going to have a bunch of guests. Bless you. So, so your questions really can be for any topic. We'll let you know when we're having guests on so you can direct your questions towards that individual, obviously. But yeah, get inside the app. If you're not yet, uh, use code MOTOFREE. M-O-T-O-F-R-E-E. -E. Use code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com to try your first month for free. We're having some, there's some glitches in the system right now where the notifications aren't working, which I don't like because we're putting out content in there constantly. There's, there's exclusive content videos that are dropping two to three times a week. We have one podcast a week where you can watch full video episodes. We have, uh, the member bonuses are filled with the master classes that we film. Those are dropping in there all the time. We're filming an off-road masterclass in a couple of weeks that will drop in there. Uh, I really think that once you guys try it for free, you, you're not going to want to get out of that app, which is I, why the community is so tight-knit once you get in there. It's awesome. There's a discussion tab, which acts as essentially a forum where people can share where they're going riding and how they did it on the races on the weekend and ask questions and get the community involved. It's really, it's really nice where... You want forums, public forums, public motocross forums are not a place uh, you want to spend your time. But inside the that's Moto where Academy, we'll use the term low level. <laughs> in yeah, that's the definition of low level. In yeah. inside the Moto Academy app, it's like-minded people that are all positive and boosting each other up, and it's just a really, really. I look forward to getting in there every day. It's super cool. It's super cool. Uh, so if you're this deep into for the two people still listening if you're not subscribed to the moto academy app then oh my goodness i don't know what you're doing shout out driver jamie we know he's still listening i will say actually uh the feedback on our podcast and the ones that were done after i was reading comments a lot of people said they listened to the end a lot of people listening to the end uh dawson 401 listening to the end of every podcast shout out mind moto we know you're still listening who else we got we got a we got a bunch of ogs in there yeah, Brian and Brevin, really cool they're people. listening. Brian's probably going to catch this on the way up to... He's probably driving up from North Carolina in his van as we speak. So shout out, Brian. I sure hope not. Is it going to take him six or seven days to get here? 
by the time this podcast gets oh, released. Oh, oh, oh. I, okay, you got to yeah. fill me in on that. Uh, Drive safe. <laughs> toodaloo. Toodaloo.